Hey, how? Hey, Autumn. Uh, so I watched another road trip movie the other day. Oh, yeah? What's it about? Um, it's about this woman who breaks her partner out of a nursing home, and they attempt to flee the country so that they can stay together. Okay, but is it gay? Hi, welcome to OK, But Is It Gay? Today we're going to be talking about Cloudburst 2011, which is less obscure than some of the other movies on our list this season and much better than most of them. Definitely, probably one of the top movies. Yeah, 100%. We're pairing it with All About E because they are both lesbian road trip movies, but in very different forms. Um, couple warnings for the film itself. Um, there is full frontal nudity in this. Not the way that you think. And very unnecessary. Super unnecessary. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get there when we get there. Um, okay, so warnings for full frontal nudity, I said. There is discussion of ableism. There is a person who is disabled having her... Agency taking taken away from her. She very quickly gets it back, though. And one of the characters is homophobic. Oh, and lots of sexual language. There's no actual sex in this movie, but one of the characters talks about vaginas and how much she loves them a lot. For an extensive amount of time. Extensive amount of time. Warnings for that if you're going to watch the movie. And also, we're going to talk about that now. And should should we say major character death? Is That's usually a thing that I see. That's also true. You don't know which character yet, but one of the main characters does does pass. If that is the thing that's going to bother you, uh, maybe you skip this one. <laughs> or go in prepared. With a lot of tissues. Yeah, this movie's <laughs> so good, and it's so lovely. But also sad. I really love yeah, very, very, yeah. I really <laughs> like the ending, but it is very sad. All right, so should we jump into the plot? Yeah. So we open on Stella coming home. She's like bought tequila and is coming home to her wife, or not her wife, her partner. Uh, this is 2011. Uh, gay marriage has not been legalized in the United States yet, and they live in Maine. Do we know how old these two women are? They talk extensively, like, how long they've been together. But do we know their ages? Mm-hmm. They are in their late 70s or early 80s. In the film, they reference being in their 80s, but, like, okay. almost comically. And then in some of the interview materials I've watched, the director refers to them both being in their 70s. So mm-hmm. they're in that age range. But we know they've been together for, like... 31 years, years, I believe. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about this opening scene because Stella comes home to Dottie and Dottie's blind and she has been listening to to the television and she asks Stella what a Swiffer is because she's been hearing the commercials 
and obviously she doesn't have the visual like reference for what a Swiffer like a Swiffer dust mop is and so Stella explains that it's a mop and Dottie is like what <laughs> they talk about it like it's way a, a way bigger deal than a mop it's just a mop um, and so I think that that's a really fun way to incorporate a character's disability into dialogue and then also to establish their dynamic as a couple. Yeah, they definitely make sure, like, I feel like some movies sometimes will forget that a character's supposed to be disabled, uh, but mm-hmm. they never do that here. And it's always in, like, I think pretty fun, lighthearted ways, for the most part, that they um, make sure to incorporate her blindness. Yeah. I feel like this is a very respectful depiction of a disabled person and specifically a visually impaired person. Um, and then they have their little their little mini date down by the shore where Stella's like describing the sunset and the shapes of the clouds. It's so and cute. It's really cute. They are in love. I cannot stress this enough. This is a movie about two people who are in love and they're in love the whole time. It's so wholesome. You rarely get that, I feel like, in mm-hmm in gay movies like this in any movie i feel like if you have a straight couple like this they hate each other a little bit that's true like all straight couples in movies have to hate each other just a little bit and like stella and Dottie fight they definitely like have arguments and disagreements and there's just like we'll get to the one big row that they have but it's never it never feels mean-spirited when they are sort of jabbing at each other so they come home after the sunset and Stella apparently has purchased some lesbian porn from the gas station. And she's like, technically, I don't think it is pornography because the box says that they're amateurs. Mm. And this is like the beginning of Stella becoming like the most, like, the most sexual character in this film. Like, she is the one who's going to be talking about cooch a lot. And you don't see older women in films being depicted as like sexually liberated or like in charge of their own sexuality in this way that you certainly don't see them like watching porn with their partner. (laughs) Yeah. They often, it seems like don't have a sex drive at all. Mm -hmm. And doesn't she later that same night pull out like a vibrator or something too? Yes. (laughs) Like she's got a vibrator in bed with them and like, in the process of try- of Dottie trying to get her to turn the vibrator off so that she can sleep, Dottie accidentally like rolls out of bed and she has a little fall and she has to be hospitalized for a little while. She like sprains her breaks or sprains her wrist. Like it's doesn't look serious. She's got a, a what are they called? Not a cast. Like one step below a cast. A, a brace? What's it called? A brace. She's got a brace on her wrist for the rest of the film. So she hasn't broken her wrist. Um, and she did land really hard on her butt but otherwise she's fine right but however oh go ahead nope you go (laughs) i think we were gonna say the whole say the same thing yeah i was just i was gonna say that um kind of in not inspires uh what's the word i want is like the catalyst for the the granddaughter for dottie's granddaughter Mm -hmm. um to insist that dottie needs more care Mm-hmm. This is Kristen Booth as Molly, and she is very annoyed that this whole incident has happened. 
and has already reserved a space for her in a care facility, like without discussing this with Dottie first, has already, and like getting spots in good care facilities for old folks is very difficult. Like this is a process that she would have had to have gone through like weeks in advance, maybe. So like that's suspicious. I'm suspicious of Molly. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It Maybe she had this spot reserved for a while, was just waiting for an excuse to mention it or something. That's insidious. Yeah. She does a lot of very sketchy things in this movie. Mm-hmm. Molly is as close as we're going to, get, going to get to a villain, unless the villain is like, you know, the in, the institution of gay people not being allowed to marry or the institution of unmarried people not being able to exercise proper agency in their relationships but as far as but like the physical representation of all of that is molly here insisting that stella and dotty are just friends yeah and i mean part of that isn't her fault um because dotty had at least when molly was younger kept her sexuality from her Mm-hmm. and ask Stella not to tell Molly the truth. Um, but it's also a bit just Molly being very blind to what's kind of pretty obvious. Yeah. She she also, like, tells Stella that she'll have, like, a couple weeks to get all of her stuff out of the house, which, like, she's been living in that house for 30 years. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Molly implying that, like, she's gonna kick Stella out of the home that she's living in. Yeah. That's so rude. The audacity. Respect your elders, kid. <laughs> so then, all of this is happening while Stella is still hospitalized for her her, her Dottie, injuries. you mean. Or, yeah, Dottie, rather. Um, so Stella gets to pick Dottie up from the hospital. This is where we meet Inez, who will be import- a little bit important later. This is also establishing, like, they have friends in town who will, like, help Stella get Dottie into the car after they've been in the hospital, etc. And so, like, hint- the movie is hinting at the fact that Molly is a little bit overreacting. Like, she sees her, like, bl- blind grandmother have one fall and immediately is putting her into an inpatient facility. And not even, like a retirement community where she would like have her own apartment this is a building where she would have a room with a roommate yeah no privacy mm-hmm. and uh so like again the movie is like just hinting at the fact that they are established in the community enough that like they have friends who like understand them as a couple and also are willing to help out if one of them is injured and then Molly tricks Dottie into signing some stuff. She thinks that she is signing something that relieves Stella of the responsibility for her fall. But actually, what she's probably signing over is power of attorney, which will allow Molly to put her in this facility without her explicit permission to do so. Which, don't do that. Don't do that to old people or blind people. Actually, yeah, that's definitely the worst thing that Molly does in this movie, and and the movie does acknowledge how terrible it is, so that's great. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's still it's still awful to see. <laughs> um, yeah, and I feel like especially when we learn later that Molly's married to a cop. 
Yeah. But she just... How are you going to just do crimes? Yeah. And she just... She gets her cop husband to, like, do all of this stuff for her that's kind of sketchy. And I feel really bad for the husband, actually. He doesn't deserve this. (laughs) Then, like, while they're in the house, meanwhile, Stella is talking to Inez's husband, Earl. Um, This is where we learn that Stella has promised Dottie that they won't come out to Molly. And she says, after 30 years, what am I supposed to explain? You got it. What is she, stupid? She's a little stupid. She's a a little bit stupid. (laughs) Like those um, historical records of women who lived together for 80 years don't have husbands or children and fill their house with elaborate knickknacks. They were bestest of friends. Friendship is just so incredible. (laughs) Listen, I would live with my best friend for for 40 years i'd have my own room if we were doing that i gotta tell you yeah you know when you share a bed that's when it starts to get a little sketchy (laughs) that's when you need to start asking some questions Mm -hmm. um so stella then uh we we don't know how much time has passed not very long Possibly even, like, the next day, Stella receives a court order to uh, demand that Dolly be put into custody. Molly and her cop husband show up. There is a physical altercation. Stella is very, like, physically violent throughout this whole movie, which is kind of hilarious. Stella will mess you up. It's so good seeing this tiny old lady climb onto the back of this police officer. Who, once again, really does not deserve this. Uh, yeah, and it's it's also really sad. I mean, they really disregard, you know, Stella and also Dottie's protest. Dottie doesn't fully understand what's going on, uh, which just makes it extra heartbreaking. And they they get her into into their car to take her to this care facility, and Stella just kind of has to watch. The husband also has figured out. That Dolly and Stella are in love. And that's embarrassing for Molly. Yeah, he tries to convey to Molly, like, what he understands about their relationship. And Molly's like, what? No, that's my grandmother. Because. Grandmothers can't be lesbians. Obviously. Everyone I think her, her thought process was that, you know, Dottie has had, has married a man before, obviously, in order to have a child. Um, Mm -hmm. So. That, I guess, just prevents her from, you know, being attracted to women, obviously. Molly doesn't know that bi people exist. She also doesn't know that women who have married men because that was their only option exist. Yeah, it is a bit unclear uh, if Dottie is bi or not. I think she is just a lesbian, though. She -hmm. does reference her her marriage as being terrible. (laughs) So. Yeah. Then this 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 kind of like morbidly funny exchange happens where like Stella being like physically held back by cop husband is like they're taking you to an old folks home to cremate you <laughs> and Dottie's like you're gonna cremate me and Molly just goes not right away. I forgot she Ma'am. said that. Why would you say that ever, ma'am? This woman is injured you can't what are you doing and then stella threatens the cop a bunch it's it's pretty hilarious stella said a cab (laughs) (laughs) 
Stella's the best character in this movie. She does cause a lot of trouble. She caused a lot of problems. A lot of unnecessary problems. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of the acute conflict. Um, should I explain what an acute conflict is? In storytelling. <laughs> in storytelling. And this is like baby storytelling for babies. But like in storytelling, there are essentially two types of conflict. That's the chronic conflict, which is overarching and lasts for the entire story. And acute conflicts which pop up and are solved in a single sequence or a single scene right and so a lot of the acute conflicts that sort of pop up throughout the movie are directly caused by Stella's nonsense and like I appreciate her as a person I would want her to be my cool grandma but Stella please yeah there are several times throughout the movie where we just kind of looked at each other like Stella you you don't have to say anything right now it's okay mm-hmm. um so she comes up with this plan to bust her partner out of this care facility. Her her feeble old woman disguise is like a, a scarf tied around her head, babushka style, and a nightie, and she just wanders into this facility, which I guess must have problems with people wandering past curfew, because this desky, the person at the desk, is not, like, alarmed that this woman is walking in, like, after yeah, dark. Yeah, there is no security. I mean, that's concerning actually yeah what are they doing you don't even like lock the doors properly you don't check the grounds to make sure no one's you don't count heads i don't understand especially if you have people who possibly have like dementia or alzheimer's who are going to be wandering around and not knowing where they are a hundred percent like what are you doing yeah so at the very least they should have been like checking some sort of ID or something on Stella, I feel like. But yeah, the the lady at the front desk just waves her in. Wild. But, you know, this is better for them in the long run because she is able to get upstairs to Dottie's room fairly easily. And able to uh, leave with Dottie very easily. Mm -hmm. Just by using the distraction of Dottie's roommate, who is drugged so that she is asleep they put her in a wheelchair and then put her in we want to talk about disabled people taking their having their agency taken away you you can't do this this is bad they put her in a wheelchair and they put her in the elevator and they just send the elevator down to distract the desky yeah stella is trying to encourage dottie to run to the truck when they get out of the building and dottie can't run she doesn't want to run because she's blind and that's foreshadowing folks Oh, no. Um, And then in the morning, they're having breakfast at a diner. They try to strategize. um, And Stella tells Dottie about a a movie that she watched about Rosie O'Donnell taking a flock of lesbians. um, Because that's what more than one lesbian is. It's a flock. It's like a band of gorillas, a flock of lesbians. um, Taking a group of lesbians to Nova Scotia to get married. Um, and as she's telling the story, Dottie just says, Stella, are you proposing to me? And it's just, it's a very, like, the way that they are so familiar with each other and the way that they have been together for so long has really demonstrated in this, in this scene. Like, the two, the two actors are doing a very good job of just playing people who have known each other for a very long time and very well. You left out um, the best part of that scene. 
Yes. <laughs> um, what? When Dottie, she asks Stella if she's down on one knee. And Stella's just <laughs> and clearly, Stella, you know, still sitting Stella. at this table. And she just lies and says yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's one of those moments that on paper feels very mean-spirited. And you, and the like, you might hear us talking about it and be like, oh, she should do that. But like in the moment, it just feels like two people who are very familiar with each other sort of bantering um and autumn is right it's the best part about that scene absolutely hilarious um this is where Dottie talks about how she doesn't believe in marriage because her last one to molly's grandfather was awful um and the two of them argue a little bit um this is very cute um the two, the two of them argue about, like, well, how long would they be married? Because forever is a very long time. And they decide on another 31 years. If they can make it another 31 years, then that's fine. And then after that, they can see other people. Yeah, I forgot about that part. That was so cute. 31-year trial commitment. <laughs> and so now they just have to get to Canada. And so they gas up the truck and they go. Um, this is where Inez comes back in, uh, Stella calls to update the, her on the situation so her friends in town don't worry about her, but it turns out that, a uh, cop husband has put out an APB already, um, and so, like, then Stella starts getting really paranoid, um, her and Dottie talk a lot about, like, what exactly an all-points bulletin is, um, it's very funny, um, but Stella sees a hitchhiker on the side of the road, and um, she's like, well, they're looking for two old ladies, so if we add to our group, then that'll throw suspicion off. And that is where we meet Prentice, and I love Prentice. Prentice is so great, actually. Uh, This movie would not be nearly as good without him, I'm convinced. Oh, 100%. Um, he is very, he's like standing at the road with like his shirt open and sort of like doing the like sexy. Yeah. And his pants are like really, really really low on his hips. Mm hmm. Like very clearly trying to use sex appeal to get picked up by someone and he gets adopted instead. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the best part about this movie is these two old women pick him up and it's like, hi, we're your grandmothers now. Yeah. My... My biggest critique, I think, about this movie is that we don't know very much about him. We get Mm -hmm. little bits and pieces of his backstory uh, throughout the movie, and we do get to meet his mother at one point. But, like, we, even by the very end, we still, I feel like, know very little. um, Mm -hmm. Because you said you found that interview with the actor. um, Yeah. He did uh, an interview with, he and the director uh, did an interview with um, Ryan Doset is his name, or possibly Doset, because he's French-Canadian, um, did an interview with Extra Magazine, and the interviewer, um, a little bit rudely, asks, so is Prentice gay or straight? And Ryan Doset just goes, he's bisexual. <laughs> Which is hilarious. But also, when I was thinking about it, it kind of annoyed me, because, like, the fact that that needed to be asked at all. I mean, we, Mm -hmm. 
we get one very brief little moment where he kind of like flirts with Molly later. Um, but other than that, get absolutely nothing like about his sexuality ever in this movie. Uh, it, mm-hmm. He talks about next girlfriend. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so that that doesn't really. I mean, what kind of you know rep mm-hmm. is that? That that just made me think of like when when J.K. Rowling said that Dumbledore was gay. Like, what does that mean for me? It's not in the text at all. It doesn't even yeah. really count. So I don't know. I got kind of frustrated with that a little bit. I think that like there's definitely a vibe to Prentice, but you're right. There's nothing explicit. Like vibe is not representation. Like if you had asked me before I before I. Um, if someone had asked me before I, I listened to that interview, hey, is Prentice gay or straight? I would have said, this man is not straight. This, this Look at him. Yeah, definitely. Watch the movie and you will see what I mean. <laughs> um, but so they're driving to Canada. Uh, Stella thinks that they should stop and eat uh, because she says, who knows if they have food in Canada? <laughs> because Stella's hilarious. Um, this is where Katie Lang gets, uh, gets introduced. Katie Lang is a big, big thing for Stella in this movie. A lot of her songs are featured on the soundtrack. Um, Stella talks at length about how she wants to have sex with Katie Lang. Um, uh, she's very bothered that Prentice hasn't heard of her yet, hadn't heard of her yet. Um, but he's like, you know, he's younger. He's like our age, maybe. He's like in his mid twenties, early to mid twenties. Um, yeah, Prentice definitely Donnie's... was not emotionally prepared for Stella to talk in depth about how much she wanted to have sex Mm-mm. with this woman. Nope. <laughs> the poor guy's like sitting in the middle of this this pickup truck in between Stella and Dottie, and there is no escape. <laughs> and Donnie's like, if you like Katie Lang so much, why don't you marry her? Um, and then Prentice explains that he is trying to get to his hometown in Lower Economy in Nova Scotia because his mom is dying of a very bad um, bacterial infection. And Stella says, Stella, sensitive old soul that she is, says that she would rather die from a mountain lion than bacteria. Yeah, but that's not the sort of thing you really need to discuss, actually, when someone just admits to you that their their mother is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, then they stop for lunch, and this is the scene where it's really cemented that, oh, this is a found family movie now. This is, Stella had no idea what she was getting into when she picked this kid up on the side of the road. Um, Stella doesn't want Dottie to get dessert because she's trying to get out of this diner quickly um and Dottie and Prentice bully her into letting them get a banana split with whipped cream and then there's this homophobic waitress um like calls Stella sir because can't conceptualize a butch lesbian um and then like says I think so there's a couple of ways to interpret this so she says you looked familiar and sort of gestures at Stella and Dottie. And I heard that line and thought, oh, she thought that Stella must have been a man because her and Dottie are familiar as in they are very close, as in they are romantically linked. 
Autumn, I thought that you had a different reading of that line than Stella certainly has a different reading. Yeah, I mean, I, I took it as just kind of, I don't know, a, a way to, to get out of... Because uh, when she, she calls Stella sir, and then hears that her name mm-hmm. is Stella, and obviously that, that she is a woman, and then she just kind of laughs at them, which is such a weird response. I mean, you could just say sorry or just brush it off entirely. Um, so mm-hmm. then to cover up the laugh, she says, you looked familiar like oh i i thought you were someone else um and i just i just thought that was a way to you know cover up the fact that she had laughed cuz i mean mm-hmm. the only other explanation for why you laughed is that you think that's ridiculous that this woman you know is wearing men's clothes and whatever which is obviously very rude and she is supposed to be waiting on them yeah uh, um, oh, wow, we said uh at the exact but same this time. Gets, <laughs> but this gets Stella really paranoid um, because she thinks that the waitress thinks that she is familiar from like the APB, from like a wanted poster she has seen. Um, and Prentice says, are you two running from the law? And the two of them say yes and no at the same time. And that's hilarious. Yeah, and I think describes them and their dynamic really well also. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so because of Stella's paranoia, they decide to split up to cross the border to reduce mm-hmm. the chance of getting recognized. Um, so Prentice right. is meant to drive the truck with Dottie, and Stella decides that she is going to hitchhike the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. We see the return... Um, oh, also Stella gives uh, Prentice her hat. Her like she's been wearing like a straw cowboy hat, <laughs> and like this is this is another found family uh, like sub trope. Like here you go, kid. <laughs> uh, that's his grandma now. Um, <laughs> but uh, Stella's little old lady disguise returns. She just ties her bandana around her head um, and tries to hitch and gets picked up by a very nice, very polite man. Um, and, like, this is another situation. This is one of those situations, I think the biggest one, really, where Stella is causing her... Not... Probably not the biggest one. There's another one. Um, but, like, Stella is just causing, causing her own problems. Um. Yeah, it's really interesting. She she keeps trying to, you know, hitchhike, and no one is stopping for her until she dons this kind of disguise to look more like... A, an elderly woman you know and she hunches over a little mm-hmm. bit and she has the bandana on so then this man picks her up finally um because you know you're not gonna leave an old woman by herself on the side of the road and then stella opens her mouth and sounds nothing like what you would expect like an an elderly <laughs> woman to sound like because she just keeps swearing and and saying these really crass things and the man is not prepared and he's like uncomfortable with her saying the c word and like that's fair this is his car if someone doesn't want you to say the c word around them just don't say the c word and she just starts waxing philosophic about how like she likes the word and also she likes the the thing yeah it goes on and on Um, and on 
and then is very confused when the man soon pulls over and asks her to get out of the car. Yeah. Like, he's not even homophobic. Like, it would be one thing if, like, he was uncomfortable with her saying that these things because she is a woman talking about vaginas. But, like, he just doesn't want to have a sexual conversation with a stranger he met seconds ago. And so he lets her out of the car. And you know what? Good for you, man. Good for you for having boundaries. Yeah. Meanwhile, Dottie and Prentice are at the border. Um, Prentice talks about how the thing, one of the few things that we do learn about Prentice is that he uh, was a dancer in New York and he once did a show where he had to pee on stage in order to push the art form. (laughs) That tells you pretty much everything I feel like you need to know about Prentice. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Dottie's worried about Stella hitchhiking. Um, because she can't behave herself. Like, that's the, the, not even, like, for her safety or that she might get picked up by police or she might get hurt, but because Stella is so bad at, like, being around unfamiliar people that Donnie is worried that she will get in trouble. Worried correctly. She's like, I'm a, (laughs) right. This is how well these people know each other. Stella is, or Donnie, rather, is predicting Stella's, um, Stella's moves as she makes them. Um... So Dottie's like, I'm a grown woman. I can sit in this wicker chair out in front of this antique store until you drive back and get Stella. And that is what they do. Or at least Um, what would have happened if they didn't get stopped at the border and searched because of Dottie's drugs that they left in the backseat. Yeah. (laughs) And Stella, okay. They are two old women. These are prescription drugs, and, like, you could probably look at them, like, Google them and be like, oh, these are prescription drugs that are prescribed for, um, you know, various old person things. Um, But instead of just being like, oh, we have someone across the border who is an old woman, her name is Dottie, that's the name on uh, on the pill bottle, or I'm an old woman, those are my prescriptions... Stella lies and says that that she and Prentice are a couple for absolutely no reason. And then lies that, um... She says that they're Prentice's drugs. That, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. you know, doesn't Um, doesn't make any sense. So now now these (laughs) Border Patrol people think that they're, they're trying to smuggle drugs into the country. Like, you can just say that they belong to someone who's already in Canada, or you can say that they belong to you, Yeah, it's Stella. like Stella's incapable of, of not lying. She just has to lie. She just, like, doesn't want to get caught so badly that she, like, can't conceptualize a situation where they wouldn't figure out who she is based on this bag of prescription drugs. Um, Stella stop line to boarding to border patrol is the thing that I've written here in all caps. Um, and then Prentice gets cavity searched and is nice enough to, after he is released, uh, pick Stella back up in the truck, which like I would have driven past her. She's like, she got released first and is walking into town and 
Prentice drives drives up to her and picks her up. To if I'm being honest, I would have driven past her, went and got Dottie, and then came back. That's the thing. Oh, I, I would have waited for Stella to walk all the way to me. Are you kidding me? She when she saw Prentice getting searched, she laughed. I would yeah. not have picked her. Also, why are you? Hey, hey, border people, why are you cavity searching this man in view of a big window yeah. where, like, anybody walking past can just see him naked and getting cavity searched? What I mean, obviously, doing? it's just for us, the audience, to understand what's going on and to maybe have a laugh. Uh, but yeah, that mm-hmm. poor guy deserved a little bit of privacy. Yeah. Prentice has done nothing wrong. Um, but they reunite with Dottie, and Stella explains that the reason she lied was that she's stuck in this sort of mindset that you had to be in, you know, like 50, 60 years ago, where if you got caught with another woman, you would have to make up an even, like, bolder lie than, oh, we are lesbians, um, in order to, you know, get out of that situation. But... They weren't, like, in a situation similar to getting caught with another woman in the 50s. Like, they just weren't. Um, and so she's, like, stuck in this sort of sort of mindset and hasn't moved out of it. Possibly because she and Dottie have been sort of isolated in their town for a while. Like, she is unable to move past having so many enemies around every corner. Yeah, and that would have been, I think, an interesting thing to explore uh, more in depth, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of mentioned here and then dropped. Yeah, it's like treated as an explanation for Stella's paranoia, but it's never addressed. Like, it just sort of exists. It's like, oh, Stella's like this, but like, she done gotta be. Yeah. What happens next? Um, then they are trying to, um, they're like continuing their road trip and Dottie is having uh, like second thoughts about the wedding. Um, and she says, I've, uh, Stella asks if she's got cold feet and Dottie says, I've had cold feet for 15 years. It's bad circulation. This would be so funny, you guys. <laughs> this movie's hilarious. And they have a lot of really cute moments, uh, like near this part, they get caught in a rainstorm and they pull over and Stella and Dottie kiss in the rain. And it's really cute. Mm-hmm. And then I'm pretty sure in that same moment, Prentice decides to strip down to wash his clothes for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Prentice is... They turn around from kissing and Stella is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like Prentice is immediately naked on the it- beach. Absolutely no shame. I mean, I guess maybe Stella's Mm. already seen him naked since he got searched. But like, what are you doing? You're just on the side of the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, They spend the night in the truck and Prentice uh, is naked in the, like curled up in the bed of the truck. That cannot be comfortable. He didn't even put a towel down. (laughs) Prentice has a lot of interesting things like that. That just make you really concerned for him, actually. Yeah, just worried about the boy. Um, 
in the morning they do this like really cool sort of shot where they see they show us um, the scene through Dottie's per perspective um, her vision is impaired such that she can make out sort of light she can tell if it's day or night or if a room is dark or light and she can make out like sort of vague shapes of uh, things moving around and so she is like watching Prentice dance um, and she explains this kind of stuff to him when she when he's like oh I didn't realize that you could see me dancing um, and then Stella teases him about uh, dancing because like modern dance does look a little bit silly um, especially without music any, like... I feel like and he was just mm -hmm. dancing in in the silence yeah um so that's another like little family moment for the three of them. It's very cute. Um, and then they and head then... to his mom's house, right? Mm-hmm. And Prentice and... asks uh, right before they they arrive. They ask he asks them not to curse in front of his mom or to tell her they're lesbians, which is going to be a challenge for Stella. And so she stays in the truck, which is hilarious. But also, I thought that moment. Um, and you and I talked about this earlier. I thought that moment was really sad, considering that we know from the interview that Prentice is bi, that he, you know, feels the need to, mm -hmm. like, censor these things from his mom. Yeah, that sucks. Um, especially in light of, like, what's going to happen in these next couple of scenes. Um, so Dottie comes into the house because she has to use the bathroom. And then we meet Prentice's mom. And um, she's really surprised to see him, but she's like, but he was like dead on convinced that like she was in the process of dying, like fully, like he needed to be there when she went. Um, and um, their relationship, their relationship is like very clearly like distant, but not necessarily strained. I feel like. It's clear that they get along, but it's not the kind of familiarity that you would expect from a mother and son. Hold um, on, the dog is which, barking, like, and I feel like... Oh. Yeah. I can't hear him. I mean, that's great. Do... <laughs> is he on your waveform? He should be... A little bit, yeah. But if you can't hear him, then I feel like it's, it's probably quiet enough that it won't be really registering. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let me know if you can hear dog barking. Then I guess just, this is our first our first guest host. We 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 talked about having having guests sometimes. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> just holds the microphone up to him. <laughs> um, like he says, "I love you," uh, as she like leaves the room, and he and she says, uh, and she says, "I know that," which is really sad. That's like a sad thing to for your mom to reply. Yeah, why to, did you. she not say I love you back? I was so angry at her. I was angry at her the whole time she was on screen actually. Um but yeah, what a terrible thing to say to your child who just traveled like a very large distance to see you when he doesn't even have any means of transportation himself. Very concerned about mm -hmm. you and that's all she has to say. Yeah. Um, the following sequence is the wolfiest sequence in this film. We talk a little bit, this is a little bit spoiled by like us rearranging our schedule and having this be um, the second film that we've watched. But 
because Wolf Video has this very wide variety of films available, and because the ones that we're talking about are like not the most well-known among them, there are parts, there are sequences in these films a lot of the time because they're not from like mainstream creators that are just strange, that just feel a little bit off. And this is this is the part where uh, Dottie gets out of the bathroom and wanders into a into a random bedroom and has a lie down because she is an old woman who has just slept probably for at least two nights in a pickup truck. And <laughs> uh, but Prentice's stepfather, I think he like calls him dad a couple of times, but the way that his mom talks about him, it's I think makes it a little little clearer that. He is a step-parent, I feel. Mm -hmm. Oh, and right, he talks about her marrying a roadkill specialist. So yeah, this is his stepdad. Uh, he's asleep, rolls over, uh, <laughs> which is bad because he's super not wearing any clothes. Yeah, completely um, naked. Which, this whole thing could have been the same exact effect if he was wearing boxers. I truly uh -huh. don't understand why they decided to leave him completely naked. Yeah, this is that full frontal nudity I was talking about before. Prentice does get naked on the beach, but he's facing away from the camera the entire time. We get to see uh, his stepdad's penis get, I say. <laughs> very detailed, very up close and personal with it. Yeah. For no reason. And so Dottie's uh, very upset, hits him a couple of times with her cane because he's like rolled over on top of her. She bursts out of the house. He chases after her. Yeah, she, she runs uh, and gets into uh, the truck where, you know, Stella has been waiting and tells Stella, like, drive, which is hilarious. And then the, the stepdad recovers and runs out, still totally naked. He could have put on some shorts first, but doesn't. And just <laughs> or a throws himself at this moving vehicle. Yeah, they're driving away. They're actively driving away. Dude, the, isn't the thing that you want to get these strangers out of your house and off of your property? He jumps into the bed of the truck to scream at them some more. My guy, what is your goal here? People be like that sometimes. <laughs> People be like that. And then he's like mad later as like uh, Prentice's mom has, has given Dottie and Stella some breakfast and also mad at Prentice for existing in his presence. Yeah, you know, God forbid Prentice wants to visit his mom. And, and uh, Prentice and also Stella and Dottie, everyone's assuming that now Prentice will stay with his mother, uh, who says very quickly, no, Prentice can't stay here, and offers no explanation as to why that is. Yeah, this is another thing, like, we don't know so, like, anything about Prentice, like, we don't even, it like, is is this marriage sketchy? Ma'am, blink twice if you need help. It's very clear that she's not in love with this man and would leave him if she had, like, yeah. the financial stability to do so. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, I truly, I was so confused. So first, you know, she won't say I love you back to her child who just traveled a great distance to get here and then tells him, lets him have breakfast. And then, you know, right after breakfast, he has to leave again. 
Mm-hmm. She does explain that her condition is not as dire as Prentice thought, which is like, that's good. Yeah, I wish they had a means to stay in contact so he could like be better informed about these things. Mm-hmm. Stella gives Prentice her hat again. Um, he had given it back and now he has it and leaves it on for the rest of the film, like cementing, like, we, you don't need this shitty family. You have us now. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly their their dynamic um the like found family dynamic here is the strongest part of the movie Mm -hmm. then the three of them like pack up and they start driving again to uh where a place where uh stella and Dottie can get married and they stop at the coast to have a break and (laughs) stella tells prentice if you have a perfect day ever in your life you hold on to it you hold on to it like it's your dick (laughs) She always does that. She like starts to say something that's, yeah. you know, really sweet or really, really profound. And then she just has to add a little bit mm-hmm. of Stella to it. Yeah, just a little spice. Just a little sprinkles, a little basil in there. Dottie and Stella walk out to um, what is sort of, it's like a sandbar. It's like an island. The tide has receded such that a smaller island has, like, been exposed. It's like a rock face. And uh, the two of them walk out there. It's a nice walk. But then, upon realizing that they're looking... That Stella... Stella is realizing that she's looking at an islet that has been exposed by the tide, is now convinced that there's been a tsunami. Like, when a tsunami happens, usually there's an earthquake out at sea, and the, the tide, like, recedes really, really quickly. Um... And notice how I said really, really quickly. <laughs> but Stella is convinced that this is a tsunami and there must be an impending wave coming for them. And so urges Dottie once again to start running. Dottie can't run. Uh, the two of them fall, end up like splashing in the, in the shallows. Stella is like pulling on her, like yanking, trying to get her to stand up. Prentice, who had been like napping on the bed of the truck, wakes up sees them and absolutely books it toward them. He is 100% engaged because he is a good boy (laughs) and he deserves his grandmothers. Yeah, they were also concerned because the tide was coming back in. Um, And Prentice Mm -hmm. mentions later that the tide comes back like really quickly in this area. Um, But definitely they were not actually in immediate danger. (laughs) Yeah. Like it, it was normal for that islet to be exposed because the the it's the lowest and tide. And this in the scene, world. I think, also served to kind of prove that perhaps you know uh, Stella does need some help taking care of Dottie mm-hmm. uh, because Stella's trying mm-hmm. to you know help Dottie to stand and she's incapable of doing so and needs Prentice uh, Prentice's strength in order to do that. She also, like, isn't listening to Dottie in this moment because her anxiety about the situation is clouding her view. And she's so stubborn that she can't conceptualize that she might have that skewed view of the situation. And then uh, a little more driving, and then we arrive in Lunenburg um, to apply for a marriage license. And Prentice volunteers to be their best man at their wedding. He's like, you guys need a best man, don't you? Uh, It's very cute. I really love their little um, 
kind of bachelorette party they have that night, I guess, when they just go out drinking. But I don't know if you wanted to talk about something before that. Uh, before that happens, it's a five-day like processing time um, to get a marriage license processed, and Stella rudes her way into jumping the line. She's like, "How many? How many people are possibly getting married right now? How many? Tell me a number." And the guy like gives the paperwork to her to get her to leave, <laughs> which is just perfect. Yeah, that's valid of him. I think I would. I would just want to hand over the paperwork to get her to leave too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then they go to a pub and Prentice makes a, his best man speech. Like he's not going to be able to make one at some sort of wedding pre- wedding reception. And so like he uh, like, quiets the bar room down and uh, is like, I am supposed to make a speech as their best man. And here it is. And like everybody's really happy for them. He talks about how he hasn't had a long-term relationship yet, but he admires Stella and Dottie for staying together and loving and supporting each other. It's the best scene in this movie. It's so good and so cute and so wonderful. It's also very normalizing. Like, no one in this bar is like, two old people are getting married or two women are getting married. Like, they're just, like, really happy for this couple and for this guy who's making this speech. Yeah, it's really cute. And then and then Prentice and Dottie like dance together a little bit while Stella's like drinking at the bar and like, you know, smiling, watching them. And it's just really cute and wholesome. Yeah. And then uh, then they have checked into a hotel and there's a really short scene of Stella helping Dottie wash. And you can see like there's bruises on her forearm for what from when she fell when they were in um, from when they were in the tide pools. And then, like, it's just a little bit bittersweet in that moment. But it's not, like, sad. It's just, like, here is a reality. Here is a material reality. This old woman fell, and now she has bruises on her arms. Um, and then Stella uh, tucks Prentice into bed on the couch, very <laughs> Stella style. Um, she's like, do you want a blanket? And Prentice says, no, I'm fine. And she tosses it at him. Here's a blanket. Use it. <laughs> Use it or don't. I don't care. And then they have a conversation about, like, marriage mm-hmm. in general and, like, what it means mm-hmm. to them. Stella, like, is sad that she's never talked about their relationship publicly and, like, a little bit, like, doesn't want to get married. She, like, doesn't think that that's a thing that is 100% necessary. She also uh, admits that she's a little afraid, I think, to say that she loves mm-hmm. Dottie to the whole world. Because, like you said, yeah. you know, it's it's always just been between them. And maybe a couple neighbors, you know, or people in town knew about it, but that was really it. So this this makes it mm-hmm. so much more real, I guess, in some ways. And then, uh, you know, she tries to say, like, well, you know, getting married isn't actually going to really change anything. Um, and then Dottie says, you know, it would, it would change everything. Mm-hmm. Stella also says that she is... Uh, worried that she won't be able to take care of Dottie and then we all in the audience can go well isn't that great that you've met this nice young man who is so willing to help you out <laughs> and possibly needs a place to stay in the morning Stella does try to like call off the wedding like you said like she's like oh it won't change anything but Dottie says that it will matter because they deserve to get married they deserve the option to stand up in front of a group of people and say, we love each other, we are committed to each other, we want to be together for the rest of our lives. 
she says, um, if someone else had asked me to marry them, I'd still think that marriage was a crock, but you asked me to marry me, marry you. This is, this is, we talked a little bit, um, we talked a little bit yesterday, I think, um, or last week, <laughs> rather, <laughs> the last episode, rather, um, about is, is All About E a lesbian movie, capital A, capital L, capital M, um, or is it just a movie about lesbians? Um, and I think that All About E is much less a, a lesbian movie. I feel like only some of the conflict is tied to, like, certainly not the chronic conflict is not tied to the fact that they are two women. You know, maybe, um, what was the girlfriend's name? Trish. <laughs> maybe Trish wouldn't have broken up with E as quickly if the if one of them had been a guy, but the chronic conflict in Cloudburst is definitely tied to the fact that they, that Dottie and Stella are lesbians and they can't get married. And so this is a movie that is not just um, featuring gay people, but is about gayness in that way and is about a struggle that exists in the world, that still exists in the world and did certainly exist in the United States for a long time. It is also about you know, it's about being elderly, it is about agency, it's about like commitment and love, and it is about specifically commitment and love in the context of being a lesbian couple. And this is the scene where like, like that is really discussed and cemented in a lot of ways. And it also has the found family trope, which is uh, usually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty That's gay. Uh, commonly associated with queerness in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Stella also calls Molly, I don't know if we learn, like, in the scene where she makes the phone call, if it's Mo- that it's Molly she's talking to, but, like, we later learn that it is it is Molly that she's talking to in that scene because she regrets a little bit taking Dottie on this big, like, like you know, dangerous journey. Molly did, or not Molly, Dottie did get hurt on this trip, and she regrets that, and so has called Molly. But then... Later that day, they are able to get married. They go to the courthouse with Prentice to stand with them. Um, they're standing like it's like their turn, and they're standing in the aisle in front of the justice, and Prentice is behind them. It's very cute. And Dottie has a little bouquet of wildflowers. <laughs> this movie is adorable. And then Molly ruins it. Yeah, and then Molly is here to make everything worse. She's She literally says, this whole freak show is over, which, like, ma'am, please get a hobby. Yeah, and so they they pause in getting married so that they can work this out with Molly, um, who has dragged her poor mm-hmm. cop husband with her, <laughs> the poor guy, <laughs> who then uh, handcuffs her. Right, because Dottie has realized that Molly tricked her into signing over power of attorney, and so... And so, like, I think his name's, what's his name? Tommy. Cop husband Tommy handcuffs his wife. And is also kind of into it, which I thought was funny. Unrelated. Yeah. <laughs> like, leans in and is like, oh, this is great. Let's keep this in mind for later. <laughs> uh, and finally, you know, tries to get it across to Molly that her grandmother is a lesbian. <laughs> she says this weird mm. line I know what lesbians look like you're not Ellen and Portia <laughs> <laughs> ma'am lesbians are people so that was hilarious and then 
Molly just kind of is pouting in, in the corner and poor Dottie has to have this heart to heart with her. Mm-hmm. Explains that like her divorcing her husband and eventually moving in with Stella strained her relationship with Molly's mother. And then um, she then promised Molly's mother that she wouldn't come out to Molly for whatever reason. And so now they are in this situation where Molly is trying to process process both that her grandmother is in this relationship and also that she didn't realize it for a very long time which again that's embarrassing yeah and she molly does say one line that she deserved like Dottie admits that she was worried that molly would have the same like homophobic views as her mother and molly says that she still Mm -hmm. you know deserved a chance which i thought was cute Um, and it's like a kind of nuance that we don't usually see. Like if there is a gay movie that there is someone who is doing homophobic stuff or is homophobic, you don't get a lot of nuance to them a lot of the times. And like most of the time that's fine because like who cares about a homophobe? But in this instance, I feel like it's really, you know, complex and nuanced the way a way to examine family relationships and the ways in which, you know, fear of like being persecuted like like genuine like um rational fear of people being homophobic at you can then cost you a relationship and then the four of them get into their respective or the five of them rather like husband and molly and then the intrepid trio get into their respective vehicles and they take a drive i'm not 100 percent sure where they're going like maybe they have stopped um because they're not married yet like the justice of the peace didn't say his thing yet molly interrupted that i think they were um, heading and, like, somewhere so maybe... to get married molly was mm, going to okay. be like the flower girl or something okay 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 but they don't get there unfortunately on the way Dottie becomes distressed she is she is taken sick suddenly asks uh prentice to pull over and then demands that Prentice marry her and Stella in the truck. Uh, he is captain of the truck and therefore can perform marriage ceremonies is the logic that they're running on here, which is great, which is a really good piece of levity in this scene where Dottie's very clearly in it, uh, like in distress. And then Molly is here and she's freaking out and Prentice is making a nice little speech like this is his second nice speech about the power of good relationships and love and he now pronounced he says i now pronounce you women and women and wives and they kiss and Dottie like loses consciousness soon after that and she uh unfortunately now has passed away and that sucks it does (laughs) then we go to their funeral where prentice makes a third speech a third speech about how much these women that he's known for like two weeks mean to him and does a little dance yeah the dance that uh Dottie was kind of watching him do that one morning on the mm-hmm. beach and uh molly is super offended that this man is dancing at her grandmother's funeral <laughs> yeah she's like he's literally dancing on my grandmother's grave and it's like molly Please calm down. <laughs> like, it is not that critical. She liked this dance. Molly's only character trait is that she has no chill. 
And then we get a nice little epilogue at the house with Prentice like skipping stones, and he and Stella watch the sunset, and it's made clear now that Prentice was meant, like he had agreed before, to move in with the two of them to be like a companion and help take care of them. And now Stella is like honoring that agreement by letting him stay in the house. And you know, she's in her 70s already, she's gonna need help with something, he can go get the groceries. And it's a really nice little bookend as, um, you know, they look at the shapes of the clouds. Prentice says the cloud looks like a fat lady dancing. That's important to me. Yeah, that's so cute. Um, and Stella says that the day of the ceremony, the day of the wedding ceremony, was the best day in her life. And presumably she's going to hold on to it like it's her dick. I sure hope so. Otherwise she's not taking her own advice. <laughs> and that's Cloudburst. I love this movie. This is one of the last ones that we watched. Um, this is one of the few ones on this list that we actually watched after we got the idea to do the podcast. And so we're like looking for movies that would fit in with the group that we already had and also would cover themes that weren't covered elsewhere. So we were like, oh, we should get one that is about older people. We should get more lesbian ones. Um, and so those fit, this fit those two criteria, but this was one of the last ones that we watched before starting pre-production. Right, yeah, because most most of the movies that we have on our list, they're either, or really just most, I feel like gay movies in general are either about, like, young adults or uh, occasionally middle-aged people, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, very young teens if it's a coming-out movie. So many coming out movies. So many. This is a little bit of a coming out movie. I don't know if this is a coming out movie, actually. It has a coming out scene in it, I think. But she's already out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really doesn't fit the criteria. Yeah, right. So you can have a character come out and it not be a coming out movie. I think there's there was not an, enough scenes where someone cries in a car for it to be a coming out movie. Do we have final thoughts? On Cloudburst. I love this movie. This is one of the few ones on our list that I would watch with my mom. <laughs> yeah, you would watch that, that conversation about the C word with your mom? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you would have to tell me her reaction. <laughs> I know exactly what she would say. She would say, this woman is crazy. That's what the guy driving the car thought, too. <laughs> you know what? He was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this movie, despite it, you know, being pretty sad considering the subject material it it doesn't leave you feeling super depressed you know it mm -hmm. the closure in it is really good um and it just feels more wholesome than anything yeah exactly i don't think i have any other thoughts yeah we know why this was uh this was called cloudburst clouds significant and also a let me look up this meteorological phenomenon so that i get it right a cloudburst is an extreme amount of precipitation a precipitation precipitation in a short period of time sometimes accompanied by hail and thunder and so it's this like like voomph of rain this sudden very large amount of rain pouring down all at once and so like it's a story about this very sudden thing that has to happen to these two old people and also you know the suddenness of death maybe the <laughs> suddenness of like reality setting in we talked a little bit we talked a little bit off mic about how it's unclear 
why All About E is called All About E, and I feel like if you can tell why a movie is called the thing that it is called, that's a hallmark of it like being well written. Or at least well titled. Yeah. <laughs> at, le- at the very least, you know you you know that the writer spent a really long time coming up with the title. All About E feels almost like a working title to me because like the movie is all about E, but I don't know what the significance of that specific title is. Um, it's not even all about E, the drug. Uh, <laughs> like, but I feel like I know why Cloudburst is called Cloudburst. 100%. So yeah, if, if that's us signing off, I don't have anything else to say. Watch this movie if you hadn't already. <laughs> um, I don't know what you're doing listening to this podcast without watching these movies first, but you know, people do that. Hey, we explained the plot pretty well. Mm-hmm. You don't need to watch the movie to know what's going on. <laughs> but you should. You should experience it. You should this one, make other yes. people watch it. Absolutely. Yeah. There, are some, there are some movies on this list that other people should not experience. Yeah. We would never want to inflict that on another person. <laughs> what are we doing next week? Oh, next week is Tiger Orange. <laughs> Speaking of what we want to inflict on other people. Ah, yes. Oh, boy. Well, if you liked this episode, stay tuned <laughs> for next week. For uh, 2014's Tiger Orange, directed by... Hello. Directed by uh, Wade Gask and featuring uh, Johnny Hazard. And if you recognize his name, good job. <laughs> You can find the show at but is it underscore gay on Twitter. I am on Twitter at Hal's Hewlin. Where are you on Twitter, Autumn? Ah, at autumnal underscore season. <laughs> see, see you next week for Tiger. I'm so excited for Tiger Orange. It's so bad. <sighs> Glad one of us is. <laughs> I really like when the movies are bad. Autumn doesn't like when the movies are bad. The, bad can mean so many different things. Mm-hmm. All right. In this case, bad just kind of means hurts me physically. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. 